Growing a small business has never been easy. So, how can we build our companies and shortcut the learning curve? By getting advice from the people who've done it before. Everything you need to grow your business is right here. I'm Simon Lader. Welcome to the conference room. Good afternoon and welcome to the conference room. I'm joined by Paige Mitchell. Paige is a former behavioral health counselor turned career fulfillment coach, motivational speaker and mental health advocate. She helps people primarily in their 20s and 30s overcome burnout and overwhelm in their workplace by guiding them to start living their lives according to their values. Paige earned her master's in counseling and is a board certified life coach. A strong background in clinical psychology over the years has helped her make the switch from therapist to career coach as she implements strategies that help people become more accountable and start taking action now, no matter how small. She challenges the clients to focus on what really matters most in their lives and guides them to find careers that positively impact their relationships, mental health, and self-esteem. And I'm delighted that she's here in the conference room with us today. Paige, good afternoon and welcome to the conference room. Thank you so much for having me, Simon. I'm excited. So am I. So every story has a hero and every hero has an origin story and you are the hero of our story. So tell me, how did you get from where you were at the beginning through to where you are now? And in particular, what was it that triggered the change from being a behavioral health counselor into being a career fulfillment coach? That's a great question. So since I was a child, I was a very curious person. I've always loved human behavior. I loved learning about psychology, sociology, communication in high school and undergrad. And I knew mental health was important. I knew that this was an industry I really wanted to be a part of. And so I made the decision pretty much at like 18 years old, I want to dedicate my life to understanding people's experience. And I want to learn how I can help and utilize my skills and services to help others. So after graduating with my bachelor's, I worked at a variety of different hospitals and treatment centers and outpatient clinics. And I really learned the value of storytelling and what we tell ourselves dictates our reality. So later I completed graduate school for counseling. And while I was a therapist for a while, I felt like something was missing. And honestly, I was very overwhelmed and burnt out with the work. I thought I had one career path laid out in front of me, but I really wanted to challenge myself and find something else. So I looked into life coaching and I enrolled in an institute. I became an accredited coach and I started my own business. I've worked with clients through their career transitions ever since. And because I know personally the struggle of not feeling fulfilled in one career path and making that leap into something different because I experienced it myself, that's who I wanna help. That's who I wanna serve is knowing you can make a switch, whether that's a similar industry or completely different. I just think the majority of our lives, we devote our time and energy towards our jobs so you might as well do something that and pursue a career that is purposeful and meaningful. Okay, no, absolutely. So let's start with a couple of basics, okay? So what is a career fulfillment coach? 
Sure. I don't know if I coined the term. I mean, I guess I haven't looked if there's other career fulfillment specifically coaches, but how I define it is, I mean, there's career coaches, which is very vague, right? You can look on LinkedIn, type career coach, and you're going to see a bunch of stuff. You're going to see executive performance coaches. You're going to see a list of things, but I specifically focus on fulfillment, which every single individual has a different definition of what that means. But for me, fulfillment means I wake up every day and I know I have a purpose. I know that I'm excited to work on the problems and helping my clients. Like when you're waking up every day, it's not like you're waking up, oh my God, I'm in love with what I do. It's waking up, oh, I'm aligned with my values today. I'm fulfilled because this is my mission is to serve and make an impact. Now that's how I define fulfillment. So when I work with clients, I want to explore what does career fulfillment look like to you? What would be exciting if you woke up in the morning and you were excited to go to work and solve the problems? Like, what does that look like? So I get really clear and help them get really clear on what fulfillment means to them. So once somebody understands what fulfillment means, okay, mm-hmm. what's the next step towards attaining it? I would say the next step is what are the things that are working and what are the things that are not working? Whether that's your habits, your patterns. I ask them to walk me through, paint me a picture of your day to day so I can have a little bit more clarity on, okay, so it looks like you're living this type of lifestyle and yet your desire is the complete opposite. What can we change here? What could we modify? What could we adjust to make sure that, say for example, your value is family and you're spending 80 hours a week at your job, no time for family. Well, how can we adjust that? How can we change some things in your day-to-day life that are towards value-focused things? Right. Okay. And when you were a behavioral health counselor, you made the switch because from what you said earlier, it sounded like it wasn't quite in line with your values. Okay. So you're like been through this yourself. Okay. What steps did you take initially to identify that you were out of alignment, if you like? And then, you know, they say you can't solve a problem until you've diagnosed it. So how did you diagnose your problem? And then what steps did you take to actually solve it? It's funny you say diagnosed because that's exactly what a therapist does, right? So as a former therapist, I had to diagnose myself. And that's very common with a lot of mental health professionals is we diagnose, we understand like, oh, okay, so I'm experiencing these symptoms. It must mean I have anxiety. It must mean I have depression because we have the textbook education about it. So for me, the thing that stuck out was the burnout, was the overwhelm. I was dreading going to my job. All the energy that I had was giving towards others. And I wasn't investing in myself. I wasn't taking care of myself mentally, emotionally, physically. My attitude and behavior, I was once like really positive and optimistic and engaging. And then throughout the years, there was just a light that dimmed. And I had to be very self-aware about that. And I had to just really sit down and say, can I do this for the rest of my life? 
can I continue being the go-to resource for other people all the time, but not give back to myself? And the answer is no, like it's not sustainable for me. So with coaching, it's completely a different energy. It's a completely different perspective because with therapy, it felt like I was only focusing on the past. I was only focusing on trauma and the very intense populations and healing. And so with coaching, it's a completely different approach because we're already motivated. We're ready to take action towards our future. We're already inspired by the clients that we work with. So with coaching, I felt a little bit more uplifted and I felt like, okay, there is a little bit more hope and optimistic, just more optimism in the future. Great. So you talked about burnout and overwhelm, okay? Mm -hmm. So if someone who's listening to this experiencing burnout or overwhelm, but doesn't necessarily know, okay, what would you say are the primary symptoms that point towards maybe they are burnt out or overwhelmed? So I would say the top five signs that you are burnout at your job or you're overwhelmed. The first one would be you are dreading going to your job. You're waking up in the morning, you're hitting snooze, you're procrastinating, you show up at the office, you don't want to be there. It's just a very negative energy. And you also might have physical symptoms. Maybe your head hurts or your stomach hurts. You're having some anxiety. It's just overall dread of going to work. The second sign would be you stop caring about the actual tasks and responsibilities. You don't give a crap about the company's mission. You just don't care anymore. Maybe you did at one point, but then that fire slowly dimmed. And then the third sign I would say is your energy is drained. You are not showing up for yourself in terms of when you get home, you don't have energy to cook a meal. So instead you do something that's quick and easy, or you're skipping out on your workout days. Overall, your energy is just so drained that you're kind of just laying there. The fourth sign would be your attitude is changed. And that's going to look different depending on everyone. We all have different personalities, but maybe when you first started the job, and you were so excited to volunteer, right? Like if your boss said, hey, could you please fill in or do this or do that? And you just, your attitude is like, no, I don't want to be a part of that. And then the last sign I would say is you're normalizing your burnout. And what I mean by that is you've accepted that all of those other four signs that I mentioned is your reality. You've just accepted it and you're like, yeah, this is how I feel about my job. So yeah, that's what I would say are the top five. Okay. And so if somebody's thinking, okay, yeah, pages just rattled off kind of five things and certainly three or four. Absolutely. Yeah. That's me. Right. So short of typing out a resignation letter, because let's be honest, mm -hmm. um, lots of people don't necessarily have that luxury. What could people do when they are experiencing burnout or overwhelm to address it? Or is it a case of, you know what, maybe it's time to talk something else? I definitely understand that. And I'm not a coach that promotes if you feel those top five, if it's five out of five, quit. I don't promote that. I don't think that is logical or the easy way out. That doesn't align. So in the meantime, first, can you identify, are those top five signs, do they relate to me? Are there other signs that maybe Paige didn't mention that I should be aware of? 
Then I would say, if I don't have the luxury of quitting immediately and finding something else, I would say the first thing to do is be really curious about your burnout. You know, what is it about this job in particular that makes me feel unsatisfied? It would be more self-reflection processing. Why did I work here in the first place? What am I looking for or what do I wish that was different? So that would be the first thing I would say is be a little bit more curious. And the second thing I would say is create new boundaries for yourself. So what I mean by boundaries, this could be overt or covert, but you're letting people know what is acceptable and what is not. So for example, a boundary could be if your boss is asking you to take on an additional project, but you're already like at the top and you don't have to take that on, how can you communicate that appropriately to your supervisor? Or how can you get some feedback around that to make sure that you're not going over the top? So I would say be a little curious create some boundaries and really surround yourself with people who support you. That could be your friends, your family member, maybe a mentor that is outside of the job, but really be around a community so that you are supported because you don't have to go through this alone. Right. Absolutely. What advice would you give to someone who maybe they are in the situation having recently started or in their own business? Is it something of a plateau and they're experiencing these things? Okay. So for all of people, they don't necessarily have a supervisor or for supervisors read clients. Okay. Or it's just their supervisor is their business and their cash flow. Right. How would you modify that advice to somebody who is running their own business? So is your question, if someone's experiencing burnout in their own business, yeah. how do you recover from that? Yeah. As opposed to sitting down and talking to the mm-hmm. manager and asking for change, right? Mm-hmm. If they are their own manager. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, but my most challenging manager I've ever had is myself. Absolutely. Okay? And most entrepreneurs will say the same thing. All right. Yeah. So how can someone make those changes if they are as much the cause of the problem as the sufferer of it? Yes. I would say go back to your why. And, you know, every entrepreneur, every business owner is going to have a different process of how they started their business, why they started their business. But I wonder if you could create some type of blueprint, some type of document to go back to that is for your own personal eyes. What is my own mission statement? What is my own purpose statement? Why did I open this business in the first place? And why is being hard on myself or whatever symptoms of the burnout, how is that benefiting me? How is that benefiting the business? the more stress I've experienced. So again, my advice would be to be more self-aware with your behaviors and your mental process. I guess take out a piece of paper, go back to your why. If you need to have it on a sticky note on your laptop every day or have it somewhere visible where you can go back to so the next time that you are experiencing like, oh God, why am I doing this again? Oh yeah, because I want to make an impact or you know whatever your why is. I think if we can keep going back to that, that's what's going to fuel you and drive you to keep going. That's great. Give me an example of where you've actually seen somebody who has experienced these sorts of challenges. You've guided or coached them through a couple of changes and the impact has been really quite spectacular. Give me a couple of examples of that. Sure. So one example I have is I worked with this client who she was not in the position to quit, but she was seeking my services to, I guess not prevent the burnout, but make her job a little bit more tolerable. 
So while she looks for something else in the meantime. So one of the things we were coaching on was just changing her mentality, changing her story and her self-talk. Because what you focus on, you create more of. And the more you complain in your head or the more you feel you say, I'm burnt out, I'm burnt out, I dislike this, the more it's going to manifest itself. So sorry, when you talk about her story and the self-talk, that was the narrative that she had in her mind about her reality. Yes. Okay. And so the more that you, you know, perpetuate the problem, there's one thing to acknowledge the problem. Like, yes, this exists. These are my symptoms. Okay. That's an awareness, but it's another to just keep spiraling and going and going and not really getting anywhere. So what we worked on was creating a mantra or an affirmation, if you will. So the next time that she went to her laptop or her desk, she wrote on a little note card, this very neutral sentence that allowed her to still show up every day. So for example, I think what she said was, this is not my ideal job, but it's paying off the student loans that I have. And I know it's not going to be forever. It wasn't completely like, oh, this is the best job in the world, or it's not toxic positivity, but it was just, you know what, this is temporary and I'm still going to show up. This isn't forever. So having some type of affirmation really helped her and because that was visible on her desk, helped remind her, okay, I need to reframe and just turn my head a little bit with how I feel about this job. That's great. You mentioned toxic positivity. Okay. Yes. I have to say, I love that expression and it's the first time I've ever heard it. So it almost sounds self-contradictory, you know, toxic positivity. What do you mean by toxic positivity and how can, or in what context can positivity be toxic? So when I think of toxic positivity, I think of someone, pretend a friend is coming up to you and they're complaining about their job. You know what, Simon? I hate my boss or I hate this day-to-day crap. It's not meaningful. I don't care about it anymore. Like they're venting to you. And for you to go back to them and say, well, at least you have a job. Something like that, where they're trying to, I guess, look on the bright side or have a silver lining, that's actually toxic because you're completely discrediting everything that they said. You're not validating their feelings and you're completely looking over everything they're experiencing. So instead saying, how can I support you? Or what do you want to do about it? You know, like leaving it a little bit more open versus an immediate, oh, just get over it. Or it could be worse. Like that's how I kind of view toxic positivity is just foreshadowing everything that's happening. Just like not acknowledging it. You're right. It's a great term because very often people who are overly positive are almost like invalidating the reasonable negativity. And so going back to the example you were giving, it would have been, I'm guessing, harmful for them to put, you know, this job may suck, but you've still got one or this is better than no job at all. So how did this sequence of events play out? It completely shifted her perspective. So Like one of the activities also that we were working on was tracking, just tracking her thoughts because we're trying to build that muscle of self-awareness. So if she was in that negative self-talk, she would, you know, make a tally on her phone or something like that. Like put a little tracker to see how often you have these thoughts. But basically the outcome was after she wrote that affirmation, had it on her desk, Through time, her attitude changed and the job overall was more tolerable. She wasn't complaining as much anymore. She noticed an improvement with 
her partner, because usually we vent to our partner about everything. So her relationships were better. Her own confidence was better. She was able to find another job and is actually, she looked into going back to school. So she really made a complete 180 just by having the simple reminder. So I thought that was pretty cool. Just the power of language and really our self-talk is so powerful. And I don't think we give it enough credit. Yeah, completely. It's interesting. I had a conversation with one of my kids. She's not terrified. She just doesn't like it. Or it's not awful. This wasn't the worst day of her life. It was just, it didn't quite match up to her expectations, you know? And because very often we can find ourselves talking ourselves into a state of mind and then creating almost like a self-perpetuating reality and it's interesting that this manifests itself as much you know in the workplace and in our careers than they do kind of at home or you know anywhere else Sometimes it starts with the job. And I also want to be very cautious with clients I work with because since I am a career fulfillment coach, yes, where majority of our time and our energy is focused on the job itself, be careful not to blame just the job, right? It's not pointing the finger. Oh, it's just the job that sucks and everything else in my life is perfect. I don't believe in that. I believe the symptoms of burnout, what you are experiencing at your work bleeds into the other areas of your life. But it could also be the opposite where maybe you're having a really terrible marriage and then you're going to bring that to the room in your career, whether you like it or not, because we can't just shut off our personalities. So I also try to caution to make sure that is the client just blaming the job itself for being unhappy or what are the other areas that could improve? Absolutely. I think having that kind of holistic approach makes a lot of sense because, I mean, it's true that from the minute you wake up on a Monday morning to the minute you have to sleep on a Friday night, assuming that you have a weekday job, you're spending more of your waking hours in your job than doing any other activity, right? But at the same time, if the rest of the time Mm -hmm. there's a major kind of toxicity Mm -hmm. that's affecting your life, it's going to bleed into your job. So having that 360 approach, I think is really important. I agree. Okay, fantastic. Okay, so what's next for Paige and for your business? So I have a few things. One thing for my business is I really value networking and providing my clients with the most value and content as possible. So I decided to create and spearhead an event called Jumpstart Your Career for 2022. And it will be an online summit with a panel of 12 amazing career coaches So we're really excited to launch that in October. It's a two-day online event with a panel of coaches, and the topics are all related to the best tips and practices on finding and landing a job. So I'm really excited to create and spearhead that event coming up. And when will uh, registration for that be open? Oh, that's a great question. To be determined. (laughs) We're still in the works right now. We're still in the meetings. We do have the dates. It's October 13th and 14th. Registration, though, to be announced. Okay, we'll definitely post a link below for when it's launched. So people, if they're hearing this, once the registration is open, they'll be able to jump in and sign up. I love that. Beautiful. And for my business, the personal services that I offer is working one-on-one with my clients. So I have a signature package. I offer an eight-week coaching program that's aimed to help you build a roadmap towards finding a fulfilling career with more purpose and less burnout. So this individually tailored program will help you feel more confident in your next career move and will provide clarity and structure for your life. So if you're open, ready, and willing to take action towards achieving your goals, I offer a 15-minute discovery call absolutely free so I can get a better idea of what you need help with and if it's in alignment to work together. 
Okay, great stuff. And again, we'll post all your details on that down below. And if people want to reach out and work with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Yes. So my website is www.pagemitchell.coach. I'm also on several different social media platforms, such as Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, YouTube, and they all have the pagemitchell.coach handle. And I also offer a free burnout handbook. So all of the tips that we talked about on this episode and ways to recover, you can have that as a PDF book. And so that'll be in the show notes as well as a download. Fantastic. Paige, thank you very, very much for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on. I, I can tell you, I've certainly learned an awful lot in the last 20, 30 minutes or so. So it's been a real pleasure. And I wish you all the best with the summit and with everything moving forward. And thanks so much for joining us right here on the conference room. Thank you so much, Simon. Take care. Coming up next week on The Conference Room, I'll be talking to entrepreneur and talent dynamics flow consultant, Diane Caldwell. If you're passionate about something, then that's key to be able to then channel where you want to work and what you want to do. But you haven't always got what you need and you haven't got the skills. And so a lot of people give up. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure you visit our website, theconferenceroompodcast.com, where you can find all the show notes, plus links to the resources mentioned during the podcast. If you enjoyed listening to this, make sure you subscribe so that you're always the first to know when each episode is released. Also, please take the time to review the podcast so the more people who want to grow their businesses can find us. To talk about this or any other podcast, or in fact, anything business-related whatsoever, find me on Twitter, at Simon Lader, or you can find me by searching for Simon Lader or Silesia Academy on Facebook or on LinkedIn. I'm always open to a conversation. Thanks for listening to the conference room. Until next time, keep talking. Thank you.